3: Something nefarious was afoot. I'm gonna give you a quick review, my thoughts without giving away the movie. Yes, I got a chance to see Nefarious on opening day here in the city of Chicago. I didn't have to go to the suburbs, didn't have to venture that far out to see the movie. So I will give you my thoughts on the movie without giving anything away. Of course, we have our worst and our best takes of the week, and of course, running a brand new Richard of the Week, because it is a Friday right here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oney. Good Friday to you, sir. Good Friday.
0: We already had Good Friday. Oh, that was last week. Sorry.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But with all of that having been said, um we have a lot to get into on the program so we're going to start really simply by this pat you have yet to see this movie so i'm going to be interested to see your review when you see it but Mm -hmm. here's here's what i'm going to do i'm going to tell you my observations about
0: the movie without telling you anything about the movie itself okay I, i i mean i would prefer that because i would like to enjoy the movie for myself thank you okay First
3: things first. A lot of people may or may not know this. Um, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Konzelman are the producers of this movie. They're from the God's God's Not Dead series and oh. Unplanned. Okay, so they are in the business of making themed movies that don't seem like they're themed, right? They're 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 not going to pull punches, if you will, and. So, I came into this movie expecting certain things because I I have not read A Nefarious Plot by Steve Dace, okay? I have not read that yet. I'm probably going to pick up the book, and that's my first observation, is that I'm going to pick up the book. um, If for only one reason, one reason only, I think there's more material probably in that book that didn't make it into this movie. But so far, my observations is this. Number one, we had a It was three o'clock in the afternoon here in Chicago on a record-setting day when it comes to temperature. We broke a 136-year record this year or this uh, today, Pat. Yeah, 136-year-old record. 83 degrees here today. And oh, by the way, uh, come Monday, snow. But um, here's what I will say. Um, the group that was there at the theater, it was sparse, okay, but it was also I think because there was not a lot of advertisement done here in Chicago per se um, and not a lot of advertisement about the theater that it ended up being shown in here in the city, okay. So you had the combination of some of the best weather out there, three o'clock in the afternoon for the very first showing and we had maybe half a dozen people in the theater, Um, I was a little disappointed in that, but again, I can't be too disappointed. It's the city of Chicago. I have a feeling things will be much different when you go to the suburbs. Um, But I'm going to tell you my observations about the crowd first, okay? It was as diverse as I have ever seen a quote-unquote Christian film. Um, Probably equally in the amounts of black people and white people in the theater. I think it was dead even. That was interesting, because this is a play to Christian and specifically the, if you will, the white evangelical Christian crowd, right? But it was 50-50 in the theater, so that was cool. More importantly, Pat, one thing I hate about going to the theater more than anything else is you are there to watch a freaking movie. Stop talking. Stop checking your phone. Stop, stop, stop. Just. For the love of God, just let me enjoy the movie, right? This movie went into a brisk—I think it was about ninety-eight minutes or so. So it's a pretty brisk movie; like it moves, right? But then um, you couldn't hear a peep. There were six of us in the theater, I believe, right? You—you you would think you would hear anything. Nothing. Not a soul moved, but souls were moved. Another observation that you generally have is you see people chit-chatting, right? After the movie is done on their way out, right? About the movie, what did they like? What did they not like about the movie? Blah, 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 blah. Repeating lines, right? That did not happen here. Silence as we exited the theater. I have never experienced a movie the way that I experienced nefarious from a crowd perspective. Right? Normally you've got one or two jackasses in the crowd that'll try to ruin it for everybody. Right? In a theater. Whether you've got six people or 60 or, or 600. Right? That didn't happen. You could have heard a pin drop during that movie. Nobody was moving. I mean, I was kind of like looking around the crowd at certain points and I'm not kidding you, everybody dead straight, not a move to the left, not a move to the right. Everybody focused in on this movie. Um, My second observation of this movie is that Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, you'll know him from Boondock Saints um, if you've ever watched that movie and if you're a dude and you haven't watched the Boondock Saints movies. Man card revoked. Um, But, so if you know him from that, you know that he is a very good, high-powered actor. This is a performance of a lifetime. I have not seen somebody play this type of a character this way ever in my entire life. The effortlessness that he kind of goes in between certain situations in this movie is unbelievable. Third and foremost of this is that while this is or while this has been kind of put into the horror genre, I put this more in the thriller phenomena type of a movie, Pat, and I'm gonna be interested to see what you think of this. There's no real gore in this movie in so much as, you know, the, the regular stuff that we're used to with horror films, right? When you're talking about just slashers and blood and guts and all that sort of stuff, it just doesn't exist in this movie. Um, And I'm not giving anything away. But I will say that this has had me enthralled, captivated, and it was intense. Um, There were moments that had me thinking and pondering all the way home as I I took the bus home um, because it was just easier to not deal with the traffic. Um, And that turned out to be the smart move there. Um, also not paying for parking, downtown Chicago, uh, yeah. But that being said, the silence of the audience during the movie, after the movie, the fact that I came away thinking this is a different movie than you think it's going to be. Even if you are a fan of Steve dace and you've seen the previews, you've seen him talk about this and kind of set you up for this being different. I don't think you can possibly understand how different this movie is than you're going to think it is. They do a great job of kind of setting the audience up and swerving the ever-loving crap out of you in a in the way in which the movie is portrayed up front and then for about 60 to 75 minutes afterwards. Um, you don't see that coming. They captivate you, they hold you. This is a highly done movie. This is not some low-budget affair. This is not your typical Christian, you know, I'm gonna shove a message down your throat. It's got a message, I'm gonna be honest about that. Is If you're a Christian, you pick up the message quickly. And if you are not Christian, I would wonder what a non-Christian thinks of this movie. I really would love to see that. Um, I think this is a well-done movie. Is it going to be Oscar-worthy? Probably not. But I could see Sean Patrick Flannery getting some buzz for an Oscar because of this. I really could. this That's how good that performance is for me. Um, now, I will say this. Um, I, I, I want to be careful about this. But... Um, Jordan Belfi, who plays the antagonist, all you know, the protagonist, right, kind of the, the yin to the yang, right? Mm-hmm. He plays um, a psychiatrist that's made to evaluate um, the main character in this movie. I found him believable in that character, but very hard to stand up to the performance of uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. And I don't think that's a slight on him. I think it's that's how good Sean Patrick Flannery was in this movie.
0: Well, and Jordan Belfi is not a um, he is not a a crappy actor by any means. He is he's been in lots of things that that you've seen on TV and things. He's more of a oh, yeah. screen actor. Oh yeah, fant- he's fantastic in whatever he's in. Yeah, so, I think he is very. Not- I think he was smartly cast.
3: He yeah. is in in the right role. Um, It makes you think. It makes you get intense. It took a while for me to come down from this movie. Let's put it that way. It's been been a long time since I've been, number one, excited about a a movie. Well, I shouldn't say a long time. I mean, Top Gun Maverick I was excited about. But prior to that, probably the release of the last uh, Star Wars movies um, I was excited for and got into... And then I saw them and went, what the... What the did you do to our Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that being said, this was about as excited as I've been. And I was pleasantly surprised by how good this movie was. I had expectations that it was going to be good. I think it exceeded my expectations. So I'm going to be interested to see what you have to say. And uh, maybe next week we'll give more of a full review of some of the themes and, and the things that take place in this movie. Because frankly, um, Hey, if you didn't see it opening weekend, um, you're doing it wrong. Uh, we have to support those who, supo- who are creative and in our sphere. You have to support that. It's few and far between. Um, so um, the other note that I thought um, I wanted to give here was that the soul gets moved. That's an interesting aspect of this movie because even as somebody who is a Christian and here's some of the themes that are in this movie, they find ways to move your soul. Even if you are already down that path. Um, but with that being said, Pat, um, it'll be interesting to see what you think
0: of this movie when you get a chance to see it. I, I'm i seeing it Saturday morning. I have to go all the way down to Provo for it. It's either that or I have to go up to... Um south jordan which is basically just a big suburb of uh, salt lake city right and right. they're both about the same distance i'm like provo is going to be easier to get in and out of so that's why i'm going down there but I, I will say this i haven't seen the movie yet but i can say this for those that are interested in the movie and are interested in a, a nefarious plot the book um the movie is actually a prequel to the book so the book ruins absolutely nothing so if you want to read the book first before you see the movie, it's not going to ruin the movie by any means. If you see the movie before you read the book, it's not going to it's not going to do that. Um, I will say this much though: the the book. If you've been into like C.S. Lewis or anything like that, it's right, screw tape letters, yeah. tape letters. It, yeah, it's if you've ever like,
3: read it, if you've ever seen it, um, I, I would suggest that this is more along that that line of horror, if
0: you will, than anything else. So. Yep. Uh, answer me this, though, because um, this won't give anything away either. Is it worth the R rating? See, I,
3: for its intensity, yes. But there's hardly that much in the terms of foul language. Um, and there's a little bit of graphicness, but it's not it, it, it's not something that you wouldn't see from, let's say, a movie about prisoners trying to break out of a prison. Um, I, that's all I'm going to say. Okay? Okay. Fair enough. I don't think there's a whole... I will say this. There is a specific scene that I think gives that gives it its R rating um, and I'll be interested to see if you pick up on what scene that is. Okay. Fair enough. Alright. So, with that being said, as we end the week, uh, again, I, I, I'm just going to say this, buy a ticket, go and watch this movie again even if i'll say this if your kids are under the age of 12 i would think twice about seeing it in the theater i would with them i would see it for yourself and judge whether or not your kids can handle it
4: because the language is not an issue
0: at all in this movie probably going to be some emotional maturity correct in those kids so correct or some biblical maturity as well yeah put it this way if if you because supposedly from from this is just from me hearing it from steve himself the book is darker than the movie yeah so if you're comfortable if you're comfortable with your kid reading the book you should probably be okay with the movie absolutely yeah yep
3: again sean patrick flannery for me performance of the year in a movie I don't know how you're going to beat it. I really don't. Okay. That being said, um, let's move forward, Pat. Do you want the worst take or the best takes? Well, the we week? always get the worst out of the way first. We can definitely do that. Um, and we'll start with your worst take of the week, actually.
0: Okay. So <clears throat> my worst take is, um, I actually sent you, you got, when got this from the actual article, I think, but this, I sent it from not the B and basically economists Um, at the Federal Reserve are saying they expect a mild recession later this year um, because of the um, banking crisis. Uh, And this is my worst take, not because I disagree with the fact that we could be in a mild recession. What I disagree with is we're already in a recession. And so to say that, oh, this is going to cause a mild recession. Well, first of all, they're not acknowledging that we're in one now. Second of all, I don't think it's going to be mild. I think it's going to be much harder than what people think it's going to be. And, I'm, and the reason why I can say this is I have a pulse of what's going on with the SMB market, being that I work with small businesses every day. that That's a lot of who i do digital marketing for and when i when i get that kind of a pulse i wonder what the rest of the year is going to be like i'm not getting necessarily the most positive vibe from that side of the market when it comes to oh this is going to be just a mild recession i hope i'm wrong folks i really do i I hope i hope i'm wrong but from what i've seen and from the pulse that I have on that particular market, I don't think this is going to be a mild recession. I think it's going to be much worse than that. That's why this is my worst take. Okay. Um, I was curious as to why you were going to put
3: this as your worst take, because I can make an argument that we have lagging indicators in our economy. And I have That's talked true. about this from the the real estate perspective for a very long time, right? the The – the months of supply indicator is totally wonky in terms of like an actual measure of what is really happening on the ground. So if you're in real estate and you're not doing deals, it's very difficult to understand what is actually happening on the ground in the place that you live, places that you work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you use data as the helpful guide tools. and. We have kind of poisoned the well of that data because we are mixing data from 12 months ago that that is not helpful to today's scenario at play. But all of that being said, Pat, to your point, what are the two places in which businesses look first in order to cut when they are are in some sort of a constraint? They're going to look to constrain costs. Number Number one? Number one is usually their marketing. Actually, no. Really, number one is their operational budget, meaning their uh, customer service and the the actual internal operation of the company. Right. So your sales force, your um, mm-hmm. your CX team, right? C- customer service actually accounts for about seventy five percent of small businesses budgeting, because it is such an important, vital aspect. Uh, and frankly, you have to staff it larger than you would. Paying a couple of salespeople to to help sell your product, right? But number I two, mean,
0: no, go ahead. I was going to say my experience has always been the marketing, but but yeah, number I, two I, I is marketing.
3: Them. There, okay. Number two is definitely the marketing budget, right? It is the easiest thing to pull back on. I'm not saying it, that it's the so, so we're conflating two different things. Marketing is the easiest thing to pull back on, right? Right. The operational side is the most difficult thing to pull back on, but it is the largest thing in your budget. So, if you're going to pull back on things, you pull back on the marketing first and then the operations second because you need to be able to, okay. to, to play with those two biggest pools of money at your company, especially for a startup or a small business. Those are going to be your number ones and number twos expenses and they're vital. Don't get me wrong, just as the technology, the engineering side of things are vital. But those things have to stay in place, right? The technology side has to stay in place where you can cut other things. Okay, so you're right there. And in taking that pulse and looking at the fact that I'm pulling back on my business marketing plans, right? I'm looking at the things that I can do for free rather than paying somebody to do. Whereas last year, it was, I'm going to pay somebody to do that so I don't have to. So I'm going to put sweat equity into things that I didn't have to last year. And you know, so I'm looking at those things. But the other part of this that I think the Fed is failing to understand here is the currency issue. It's not about the banking crisis. It's about the currency issue that exists in the United States of America. And what do I mean by that? Okay, so we've talked about Saudi Arabia, right, indicating to OPEC that they would probably like to get us off the petrodollar, right? They don't want the petrodollar anymore. That's a problem for our currency. Because the the strength of our currency right now versus our debt is that it is widely accepted currency. Everybody trades in it, right? Whether you're trading gas or trading goods or whatever. It is the most traded currency in the world. What happens when you pull that tradability off the table? Your currency becomes worth less. And then you add in the inflationary pressure on the backside of that and the debt crisis that we exist in, right? But it's not just Saudi Arabia and OPEC. It's not just India. It's also now Brazil earlier this week indicating that their government would love to be able to trade in non-US dollars. We are seeing partners and allies. We are seeing adversaries. We are seeing everybody lining up on the other side of the currency situation. And the strength that we have been able to exhibit in the 20th and somewhat of the 21st century has been because of the the strength of our dollar in so much that people believe that our dollar is worth money, right? Right. Well, guess what? We don't have a gold standard. And if you listen to economists that follow this one of the reasons why we should really be worried about china has nothing to do with taiwan that it has everything to do with their ability to replace us as a stable currency going forward and it has nothing to do with by the way pat their consumer facing currency do you know this about china they have two currencies they have a public facing currency that is dollar to dollar digital currency as well, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about that, okay? So it's a piece of paper. But the second is the trade currency, and that trade currency is backed by gold. It is a stable currency. We are completely unstable. The only reason that our currency matters, and we have harped on this forever, Is that people believe it's worth the piece uh worth the paper it's written on that's it again we also talk about modern monetary theory and all of those things so i think you're right but i also can see why the fed is looking at the economic indicators that they have been right inflationary pressure has gone down in the last three months We have seen over the first quarter of this year that we are trending upward in our GDP spending, okay? We are trending upward in certain indicators, but they're not looking at the long-term implications of the words of the world economy. And
0: And that's where we're going
3: to get in trouble.
0: Yeah, and that's part of where I'm
3: pulling this from too. Yep, absolutely. So, I want people to to be aware of this. Study it. Take a look at what China has been able to do. It is giving a currency to the people, hoarding gold, and using a secondary version of their currency for the trade aspect. That's why their investments in Africa, and in the Middle East, and in India, and in Russia really matter, because why, what are they seeing? They are going to see a stable currency versus the unstable currency of the United States of America as we Increase recession and inflationary pressures going forward. Stagnation and some of the great, horrific things that could be on our horizon are going to be really important. All right. That being said, Pat, I've got a worst take of the week as well. Um, So let me uh, pull that up. (sighs) My worst take of the week comes from Senator Joe Manchin. Watch. In my lifetime, I have never seen the United States of America in a more just war. Our purpose is to defend freedom and fight for democracy. And that's why we're supporting Ukraine every step of the way as they defend their country and their way of life. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? A more just war? In your lifetime, I can think of one in my lifetime and I'm roughly 20 to 30 years younger than Joe Manchin, roughly. He's got to be in his 60s, right? Maybe he's pushing 70. I was going to say, I think he's in his 70s, bro. Either way, okay? So, great. Now, I've got he's got 30 years on me. Mm-hmm. Okay. But correct me, in fact, in your lifetime, Pat. So, certainly within his lifetime, there was this weird thing that happened. It was like on this date called 9-11, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In which people that were um, involved with the Taliban and Osama bin Laden, um, they did this thing called um, blew up the World Trade Center with planes and part of the Pentagon with a plane and probably had a fourth target in mind if it weren't for the heroics of the people who took that plane down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, That's a just war, my friend. When somebody has attacked you and you want to take it to them, that's a just war. I can make an argument that Korea is actually, or was actually, a more just war. Our actions in Vietnam, hell no. As you study what we were doing in uh, propping up Pol Pot in Cambodia and all of the mm. things that ended up going on and the CIA and all that sort of stuff. But I can definitely think of at least one, if not two, in your lifetime, Joe Manchin. And you're pushing 70, which means you are on the verge of, well, Korea for sure. He's 75, by the way. So, okay, at 75, let's do the math here, Pat. He is close to remembering World War II just going to put that out there. He,
0: he may have some vague memories of that, yeah. And he, he at least knows people who were, um, I don't know,
3: his parents that were directly involved in that. So, let's mm-hmm. go that. What the hell are you talking about this being a just war? What justice is there that needs to be done, other than you can make the suggestion that Russia invading... Ukraine was unjust, okay, that's fine, but, but let's hold off on just the most just war talk when you're trying to tell me that 9-11 wasn't as just as this, that our war in Afghanistan wasn't as just as this. Um, there is nothing just about this war. Nothing. 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 Uh, from, from the invasionary portion of it, right? Russia invading Ukraine is unjust what we've been doing, and we haven't even mentioned, we haven't even talked about the leak that took place this week, right? Right. And magically, now we know the name of the leaker,
0: allegedly. Yeah, but somehow we don't know the uh, the leaker of the uh, Roe versus Wade decision? Yeah, yeah, we, we yeah. can figure that out in 2.2 yeah. seconds.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and we still don't know the names of the, of the uh, Epstein book, right? Yeah, yeah, hmm, hmm. Strange. Mm. Um, and then furthermore, Pat, I've got a question for you. Could it be that um, we're, that the information that has been leaked that we have been doing what? Not just arming them, uh, sending them billions upon billions upon tens, of hundreds of billions of dollars. It's also that we've been secretly, actually, actively involved in this war. Um, that we've been sending actual ground troops in. Like our, you know, um, Delta team and our SEALs have been involved. Mm. No, I'm not so because I have not read the leak. I don't really plan on reading it because I don't really like going to jail, honestly. But <laughs> I will say this because you know that's what's going to happen, right? Right, right. Yeah. Look at what they did, right? Look at what the uh, just uh, the, the 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 old DOD spokesperson tried to do. It's immoral for you to uh, to talk about the leaked information and spread it even further. And you're going to get people killed. Yeah, okay, if that is the case, if, if I'm supposed to believe that, what the hell are they doing over there in the first place? They shouldn't be there, right? If you're going to get people killed, what are they doing over there? They don't belong there. It's not our war. We're not involved in it other than sending money and munitions. Allegedly, on the front-facing part of this, So what would be just about what we're doing? Nothing. The alleged leaked information, the exposed information, exposes a government that is corrupt, a government from the United States of America that is on the bad side of this war. They are doing bad things in the name of good, potentially, but they are doing it wrong. If this information is to be believed, this is the most just war of your time. Get the F out of here with that bullshit. All right. So with that being said, Mr. Padone, I think it's time for us to, I don't know, play a little bit of the beat or not the beat. Are you ready for
0: that? Oh, I'm always ready for that. Hit me with a headline. Alrighty then. How to destroy Trump. How to destroy Trump. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, it's the weekend. I don't know about you guys, but I have projects that I I, I have this time of year on the weekend. I've got yard work. I've got some some house stuff that's going on that I've got to I've gotta get done. Uh you got your uh, Saturday morning cartoons I're uh, nefarious to watch. Yeah, well I have nefarious to watch this weekend, yes, but uh uh I don't I don't do Saturday morning cartoons anymore, Andrew. I'm not I'm not twelve. Thanks, thank you. I know I dress like I'm fifteen and everything, but I'm not twelve. All right. Fifteen from the nineties, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh my point is, if you're like me, you've got projects you might need that pick me up on the weekend. And there's no better place to go than going to coffeebrandcoffee.com to get that pick me up. They've got all sorts of different great flavors over there. I highly recommend getting something that you know you like, the the, the traditional coffee that you typically drink, getting, getting a similar flavor to that, and then getting something that you've maybe always wanted to try and then trying that out. And I recommend doing that, you know few times until you find all the stuff that you like, but that that's just me if you're not a coffee drinker they have they have alternatives such as tea and hot chocolate. I've done the hot chocolate myself, and it is fantastic. Andrew's got the uh bourbon flavored coffee in his coffee cup this morning, so uh you know there's that as well if you're into that kind of thing, you want a little uh, Irish coffee if you will without the the Irish in it yeah. Yeah, exactly, so, without
3: the actual Irish in it. But yes, yeah.
0: yeah. Yes, so um, go to CoffeeBrandCoffee.com. Use the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. And you'll get 5% off your purchase. That's CoffeeBrandCoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout. And you will get 5% off your purchase today. All right. How to destroy Trump? Is this the B or not the B, Andrew Coppins? Your answer. I'm going to go with this
3: being the Babylon B because there's probably more to this headline.
0: You would be correct, so there is is more to this headline. I had to alter it slightly because the actual headline is just a dead giveaway. It's 10 surefire ways to destroy Trump. Well, good thing that I was picking
3: up what you were putting down, and we've won some of that cold, hard central bank digital currency, courtesy of Dominic Izzo's central bank digital currency account.
0: From all his MLMs.
3: Yeah. All of it being as legit as MLM. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Trump, as we all know, is an existential threat to democracy itself. If we don't destroy him, the unimperiled peace and prosperity Biden has brought to America will be over for good. Oh, no. There's still time to stop Trump before it's too late. Here are 10 schemes that just might do it this time. One. Third impeachment. Okay, bound to work the third time. Third time's a charm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Bribe Melania to reveal the source of his strength. It's got to be his hair. Three. Put a Big Mac right underneath a dangling piano. Hillary Clinton has reportedly used this method successfully three times before. (laughs) What if what? I could replace that. What
3: about a steak with some ketchup? Does he do steak with ketchup? Well done steak too, by the way. Cause he's a Ugh.
0: bastard. What is wrong? No, yeah. no. Both are wrong. Four, become a porn star, have an affair with him, and get him to pay you hush money through a shady arrangement. Uh, wait. wait a minute.
3: That already happened.
0: Have we done this one already? Never mind. Five, outlaw tanning beds and then nuke the sun like the Matrix so he can't have his glorious tan. His supporters will abandon him by the thousands, probably. Six, raid Paralago. Crap. We did that, already did that one too. Seven, send him on a hunting trip with Dick Cheney. <laughs> Diabolical. <laughs> Eight, start World War III and hope that the Russian bombs hit Mar-a-Lago. The current administration is currently looking into this one. I'm sure that's actually true, actually. mm mm-hmm. uh, Nine, catch him in the act of drinking Bud Light. Political suicide. And ten, destroy democracy itself. You see, if democracy elects Trump... Then we have to destroy democracy to save democracy. It's complicated. Now, correct me if I'm wrong.
3: Donald Trump doesn't drink at all. Like, he's a teetotaler.
0: Oh. He, I was going to say, I, I actually don't know. I mean, if, if he I, does. I
3: think I, I'm good. pretty sure he doesn't drink because of alcoholism in his family.
0: I could be like wrong. Say, if, but if, if, if he does, it's, it's very little. I don't, I've never known him to be a drinker. He just acts so. like he's drunk. Oh, he talks like a drunken sailor sometimes. Yeah yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty then,
3: what a good list! What a good list! Which brings us to um, crowning a brand new Richard of the week. Are you ready for this, Pat?
0: Oh, I'm I'm ready. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay.
3: Right, the four nominees mr padoni
0: they are as follows we have senator diane feinstein
3: wait wait, wait 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 she's still a senator
0: well that that's that's why she's a nominee because she's still a senator but hasn't done her job all year oh doctor's orders yeah,
3: which but, means uh, you should probably, if you can't do your job, you should probably vacate that job. Oh, by the way, did I mention not one but two prominent members of the uh, Democratic Senate um, have now come out and said resign?
0: Yeah, um, it wasn't wasn't one of those actually John Fetterman? No, I don't think so. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no. Well, anyway, he announced that he's back he's resign,
3: and yeah. excited to to lead his
0: first ever subcommittee hearing. Oh boy. So that must have been fun. By the way, you know who else needs to resign? Ditch.
3: Oh, I was going to say uh, uh, Joseph Marionette Biden. But oh, sure. yeah, that's okay. true,
0: too. That, yeah, you're, that, that's, that's true. Yeah.
3: Anywho. Okay, so we, yeah. so we have Diane Feinstein for uh, um, holding her Senate seat hostage to not being able to be
0: there, thus not doing her job. Uh-huh. And then I, I'm actually surprised that this one has made the list. I really am. The Dalai Lama. Oh, that's gross, bro. That is that is gross. By the way, if you're not watching what just happened, uh, you should be. Go to, go to rumble.com backslash critical thinking and subscribe. Andrew is uh, apparently it's five o'clock somewhere. Oh, You don't want to lick my tongue? No, you gross bastard. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you said you were a 12-year-old.
0: Never no, I never said I was a 12-year-old. <laughs> I said I dressed like a 15-year-old, but I'm not a 12-year-old. You jerk, I have standards.
3: Oh. Well, the Dalai Lama is apparently a pedophile, not a pederast. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the dude, I mean, he first of all, he kissed a kid. And then On the he lips. asked if he wanted to suck his tongue.
3: Yeah, yeah. You nasty, bro. You nasty. Yeah,
0: bro. Those things are uh, uh, between husband and wife behind closed doors, if ever. Yeah. Uh, which, which he came out and gave an apology, but yeah. Anyway, then we have uh, Dylan Mulvaney, and the reason why he is on this list, and yes, I am using his yep, uh, yep, yep, because yep. still a dude. Yeah, still he's got still the a- bits. Uh, Even even if he thinks that he's got tits. No, he doesn't have those. Oh, I know he don't. In any case, uh, he, he came out in a statement and said that the whole point of him doing the influencer campaign with Bud Light, that he doesn't want to be controversial. Bro, how are you not controversial? By nature of what you are doing is controversial. You're playing the part of a woman. Mm-hmm.
3: and you're mm-hmm. dude
0: yeah it's it's all controversial bro this
3: ain't Shakespeare because you do not realize
0: Shakespeare that
3: either. huh certainly well not no Shakespeare but you, you do you do realize that in the time of Shakespeare right that women's oh, yeah. roles Absolutely. were played
0: by men oh yeah cross dressing is different than, than than actually pretending to be a woman okay sure but There's yep. there's a difference okay, okay. Tell that to the Bible. But okay. Well, I mean, true. I didn't say it was right. You jerk. Uh, and then we have Governor Janet Mills. She is the governor of Maine. And uh, she. Uh, what? Uh, what? He- she's the governor of Maine? Oh, okay. Okay. Maine. Yeah. 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 Uh, she uh, is pushing or pushes a bill to uh, legalize abortions all the way up to birth. Okay. Yep. Yep. That'll put you on this list in our world. Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: Yep. Okay. 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 So I, I have a feeling I know who my winner is and I think it's the same as yours because I'm pretty sure asking a seven year old to suck your tongue, no matter who you are, where you are in whatever situation you are in, that ain't it. Uh, so, uh, congratulations to the Dalai Lama. You are
0: a Richard. It's, it's, it's one I never would have expected to ever be on this list ever. All right, so with that being said, it is time for us to move forward
3: and be happy because we have our best takes of the week coming up here.
4: Uh, Mr. Padone, um, I'm going to go first. Okay. We have a world that realizes we have a president that can barely put together complete sentences, appears incoherent, oftentimes doesn't even know where he is in many cases in some of these places that allowed spy balloons to be flown over our head, that abandoned billions of dollars of American military equipment left over into the hands of the Taliban, and spends all day talking about electric vehicles and solar panels that he knows we're gonna have to buy from China. We have a justice system that indicts uh, political opponents and former presidents and leading presidential candidates, a justice system that infiltrates uh, sources and tries to spy on Catholic churches, but allows criminals to destroy San Francisco and Baltimore and Detroit and Washington DC and Los Angeles and Manhattan, you name it. We have a military that doesn't spend its time talking about new weapons systems or how to care for veterans that are committing suicides at historic rates. They spend their time talking about transgender issues and uh, all kinds of racial disparity stuff, not defending our country. We have a media that's become a joke a media that's wasted two and a half years of our time on a Russia collusion uh, situation. Then they moved on from that uh, to cover up the Hunter Biden situation. That's now a full blown investigation. Our universities are a forum for crazy things to happen. You can't even speak on a university campus, people being assaulted by men uh, wearing dresses and these violent protests and shutting down speech. And, and, And our culture, what is what we focused on as a culture? We're focused on the fact that now some man pretending to be a woman gets paid millions of dollars to sell Nike sports bras and Bud Light. So the world looks at that and said, this place is a laughingstock. And they react to it. And I could go on for an hour about all the things that we are, we are being embarrassed on the world stage. Our adversaries are taking advantage of it. And our friends are saying, hey, we may have to go on on our own here because these guys look like they're about to commit societal suicide.
0: Damn! Marco Antonio Rubio, where in the hell have you been? If that ain't a... Literally, if you're
3: the GOP running in 2024, take every theme that he put out there and put it into a 60-second commercial. That's all you need. A man pretends to be a woman, right? You you could talk about uh, the, the... you could play the, a clip of harassment uh, on college campuses. You know, you could, you could literally pull all of those things together. And then the tagline, is this the world that you want? And leave it out and leave it alone. I don't know about you. I can't think of a... I am pretty sure that Elon Musk's take on NPR was going to win for me until I saw that clip from Marco Rubio. That's the best clip I have ever seen from him. If he ran that way in a presidential primary, now his voting record, he's got one and it's not great. It's not stellar, right? But he gets what time it is, even if it's for political gain, right? He gets what time it is. Just going to just gonna put the... Right there for you. All right. Uh, Where has he been? Where has that been for Marco Rubio for the last, I don't know how long. All right. So, Pat, um, your best take of the week, do we just want to play it or do you want to set it up? Just play it. Okay. Before we do, this is something you have likely seen, heard, whatever. Yes. But this is unavoidable as the absolute best take of the week, period. Content
1: you don't like or or hateful. What do you mean to, to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean you know just content that will solicit a, a reaction. Something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist. Those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if something I'm, is slightly sexist, it should be banned?
5: I, n- no, is that I'm what not, you're saying? I'm
1: not saying anything. I'm, saying, well, I'm just curious. I'm trying to
5: understand what you mean by hateful con- content. And I'm asking for specific examples, um, and if and you just said that if something is slightly sexist
1: that's hateful content does that mean that it should be banned well you've asked me you've asked me whether my feed whether it's got less or more i'd say it's got slightly more
5: that's but- what i'm asking
1: for examples can, right? you Can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. Use, I, I, honestly, I you don't can't use, name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you said you a f- lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, I only well, well, Hang my, on a second. You said you've seen
5: following. more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure
1: I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. and I, well, Then how did you not. see the hateful content? Uh, there are many uh, organisations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has a my or not, give me one example. Not, I mean, I, right, and literally if you, can't name one. Look someone like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U, in the UK. They will say that. So you, they, look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right. And as as I already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then, how let, would you know let, that I you, don't think you, this is getting anywhere. You literally
5: said you experienced more hateful
1: content. And then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then would how say, would you know this weeks. hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time.
3: Um, <laughs> Let's move on. We only have a certain amount of time. <laughs> uh, you know you done got got when? <laughs> well, he flat out lied.
0: Flat out lied. Yeah. Don't. All right. It's I mean, just, here's the thing. I mean, I, say what you want about Elon Musk. Have whatever opinion you want about Elon Musk. Right, right. He just exposed that 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 real journalism is is basically dead, if not oh, mostly been, dead.
3: Yeah, it's been totally dead for a long time. From and that's the BBC. That's a you know that that's been a dying institution for a very 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 long time. But yeah, I this is this is. When we talk about confront, right? This is how you do that. Right. Did 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 he raise his voice? Did he get no. violent? Did no. he have to scream? No. no. He calmly sat there and said, "Basically, you're a liar." N- no, you're a liar. No, you're a liar. Oh, okay, you claim to have seen that. Okay. So, give me an example. And here's what if he were to be able to provide those goods, right, Pat? Here's how you get, not to win an argument, you say, oh, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that my team looks into how that happened and we continue to iterate and make this function better so that real hate speech. And then what you notice what else he was attempting to do first was to get him to define what actual hate speech is for himself. Why? Because right. it's important. Well, because something was, because so, uh, you didn't like it, that doesn't make it hate speech. In, in hate speech is also, and this is the other part of this, he was not going to give into an arbitrary definition. There's no such thing as hate speech. There is hate that people speak. That is not the same thing. What they're attempting to tell you is that something that they don't like, subjectively don't like. Becomes an objective truth. This is what we talked about yesterday. Subjective reality versus objective reality. That is a great example of it right there. He attempted to give an objective reality definition of quote-unquote hate speech. And that was something that was slightly offensive. To whom? And that's always been the point. It's a sliding scale. Therefore, there's no way that you could directly deposit hate speech into one bucket In another, can I say that there's abhorrent speech, speech that I find terrible and I wouldn't like on my platform if I owned it? Yeah, absolutely I can, right? Like pure, uh, like unadulterated racism, right? Absolutely. Like we all know what that looks like, right? We all know what unadulterated sexism looks like. We know all of those things, right? The, The bigotry towards Christians or the bigotry towards Muslims or Jews, by the way, or Hindus and Sikhs right? We can go on and on and on. The hatred towards uh, Asian people, right? The hatred towards um, the Latin American population or people from South America, right? We know what it all looks like because we understand what actual hateful language looks like. Hate filled language looks like. Believe it or not, we have probably all experienced it at one point or another. I mean, look at all the stuff I talked to about, you know, calling you a ginger, right? Some people would call that offensive. I, I find it hilarious, but... Right, what? exactly. Yeah. But, so, that that's an arbitrary line, right? Right. I mean, crying out loud, I've talked about, you know, growing up being the ultra skinny kid and people always uh, telling me I needed to eat more. Yeah, like, I never thought of that because I didn't eat enough. Growing. Are you sh- me? Like, you know, I would just- I just loved making them look like morons when they- but that's me and how I dealt with that. What is offensive to one may not be offensive to that, another and vice versa. It's just arbitrary BS. And that's exactly what he exposed from both the definition or definitional uh, perspective, right? And right. then from the practical perspective of. You can't even name one example, you hypocrite. Well, I heard somebody say it one time. Oh, so you mean hearsay? No, give me an example. You said you've experienced this, right? Language matters, my friend, from the BBC. It was fantastic. I love every second of this. All right.
0: So, Pat, your final thoughts here? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And no, Andrew Coppins. I do not want to suck your tongue. You bastard.
3: Please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. Have yourselves a good weekend, and as always, Matthew, 547.